Welcome to the Gem Series, powered by Rocket Level. On this podcast, we empower entrepreneurs to succeed by setting big goals, executing like a pro, and having a fearless mindset. The Gem Series is all about investing in yourself. We're here to share the path to getting what you want out of life by sharing the stories of entrepreneurs who have done this themselves, providing thorough research from our team on what careers and habits are yielding the best results, and discussing the mindset it takes to overcome the obstacles that all future entrepreneurs will face. Investing in yourself starts with putting in the work every single day, and this podcast is here to help you do exactly that. My name is Blake Chapman. I'm the Vice President of the Ambassador Program here at Rocket Level, and I am thrilled to be your host for the Gem Series. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Gym Series. I'm really, really happy to have a special guest, John Mendez, on the show. John, how are you doing, man? I'm doing better now that I get to speak to you, Blake, and I'm excited to see where our conversation is going to take us, man. Likewise. You know, I've been listening to all kinds of stuff. I listened to, I think, your most recent one about being at K Jewelers and, uh, you know, talking to that guy about the Cuban links and learning, you know, salesmanship. And, you know, I got to say, I got to tip my hat to you because you've cranked out like 100 episodes of your podcast on top of doing like 10 other things. So I won't, do like, I won't share your life story. I'd love to hear just, could you introduce yourself to, to the guests or to the audience here so that we can, you know, give them a little taste of who you are? Yeah. So my name is John Mendez. Like you said, uh, Mr. Stop and Stay or Just Don't Touch the Hair. I like to say I got the best hair in the industry. Uh, and I have a podcast called Walk to Wealth where I enlighten and empower young adults to build wealthy, abundant lives. We just hit episode 122. Three, if I'm not mistaken, at the time we're recording this interview. And then I have a marketing AI agency where I teach, you know, real estate professionals how to create a year's worth of content in an hour using AI. That is amazing, man. And tell me a little bit like what was, uh, you know, because obviously you're, it's funny because people probably ask like, what was growing up like? And, and I, I've heard people touch on because how old are you, like 21 or 22? Or what's I literally turned 22, two and a half weeks from the time we're recording this. All right. Wait, what's your birthday? Let me see. I uh, Mine was August 1st. Mine's September 2nd. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. so in the future. Sorry, I misunderstood. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so I'm, I'm, I'm about to turn 22. Awesome. Awesome. And, uh, you know, I, it, it just pumps me up seeing, uh, seeing folks like yourself that are out here, like just pursuing knowledge and sharing their knowledge and, uh, you know, really getting after it. But what was, yeah, what was growing up like? Cause I, I wasn't, I wasn't like that when I was 21, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I was, I still had, I still had to figure things out. I wish I was, but, uh, yeah, what was growing up like for you? hundred percent, man. So, uh, before I take you guys back on the, in the time machine, I like to say that I think there's three types of people. I think there's people who are born entrepreneurs and because of where they grew up, they were pretty much cultivated that entrepreneurial spirit all the way out through their childhood and into adulthood. Right. Yep. Then there's the people who, and I think I'm, I'm part of this category, right? And I think a lot of entrepreneurs are. It's like they're born entrepreneurs and then along the way they lose it for whatever reason and then they pick it back up somewhere down, later down the road, right? And then I think a majority of the population were born entrepreneurs and then they lost it and they were never able to pick it back up. And yeah. it just kind of died. I want to say died off, but just got buried too deep away for them to pretty much ever rev- you know, recover it. And so for me... I grew up in the projects. It was nine of us in a two bedroom. My mother, she suffered from mental health issues. My dad, he was an alcoholic and he was absent um, in the earlier years of his life. Me and him are on good terms now. 
but my grandparents had to raise me. They immigrated here from Dominican Republic, still don't know a lick of English. So that was fun being raised by them. Very traditional Dominican immigrant household. As I said, I didn't have the typical paper route, you know, selling candy bars, selling things in school. That wasn't me. I wasn't that child. For whatever reason, money didn't really seem to interest me. And so it was until I say college to fast forward a lot. So I got into 13 schools. School always came easy to me. And I knew that I only went to college to network and live on my own, right? Only two reasons. So my freshman year, when the college, the pandemic happened, that kind of put a little hiccup in my journey. And then my sophomore year, that fall semester, this is now 2020, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And from there, I realized that there was another way of viewing the world that wasn't being taught in school, wasn't being taught in, in my environment, but more importantly, wasn't being taught in my home. And yeah. from there, I decided to jump down the rabbit hole of learning more about personal finance and entrepreneurship. I started going on YouTube University, reading more books, listening to more podcasts, just doing whatever I could to consume information. And that sophomore year, that spring semester, now this is 2021, with the whole world being uncertain, the only thing I was certain of was myself. So I decided to bet on me. I signed up for my real estate classes, dropped out of college. And that's kind of what kickstarted this whole entrepreneurial journey. Man, that's so cool. And, you know, I, I think that you really touched on something there with the three different types of, of people, you know, and, and cause I've been thinking about entrepreneurship and I think growing up, I always was like, man, being an entrepreneur means you're uh you're some business guy that wears a suit and you make a ton of money and that's what you're, you're driven by and, and all of that. And, uh, and I think the pandemic shifted that perspective on uh, on entrepreneurship a little bit for for a lot of people, you know, because we had this great resignation and and people are realizing that hey, entrepreneurship is oftentimes leaning into your passions and uh, and trying to figure out a way to recognize that uh, you know you have this path in front of you where you can choose to live the life that you would like to live, you know, or get closer to that. And uh, I, I don't know. It's cool to see you. Cool to see you doing that, right? Uh, how is Thanks. how is entrepreneur? I mean, have you seen some of that? Like, how is entrepreneurship? How would you define it? I guess uh, in your own journey. So for me, I think I realize now that the only difference between a little kid and an entrepreneur is that an entrepreneur has a business. A business. I think entrepreneurs are just big kids. Like we're visionaries. We have big ideas. We dream dreams that most people could never even like fathom, right? Like we're just really big kids. We're kids in the adult world almost essentially. That's like literally the only difference I feel. And for me, I've, as you mentioned, it's been hard to find other people my age. I always felt like God has blessed me with the gift of wisdom. And I didn't feel like, I didn't start to, I guess, separate until probably around high school, I feel like my view, my outlook on the world and my perspective, as I said, I wasn't entrepreneurially thinking at that point in time, but just like my overall outlook on the world, I could tell was different from most of the kids my age. And then as I went to college, then that gap started to expand a little bit. And then as I got into like really deep into entrepreneurship and now, now the gap has like widened as a tremendous amount now, not to say that I'm more successful. I just view the world very differently than majority of people in the Western culture at my age. And so it's like, now in entrepreneurship, I'd say it's really a game of who can provide the most value, right? And a game of who can also solve, you know, fill the biggest gaps. Yeah. I think those have been my big two things that um, 
I say my personal journey has helped me get to where I'm at now is being able to provide relevant value, right? Because it's only valuable if it's relevant. And then also being able to see gaps where people don't see that you could potentially fulfill. Those kind of been my two biggest things and that kind of helped me navigate my way through this entrepreneurial path. And of course, mentors as well. That played a massive role, but that's, I feel like, in another bucket. So have you noticed that since you've started doing this, because, I mean, it's you've been on this for, it's been a life a lifetime of work now, you know, getting there. But since you've been doing this, I mean, have you noticed that your circle is changing a little bit in any kind of way or or what's been happening with that stuff? You know, it's one of those things that I remember in high school, I seen this one meme. It was like freshman year, you have like 20 people. And then your sophomore year, you got like 15. Junior year, you have like 10. And then senior year, you only have like two other guys. Yeah, and I thought that that meme was BS because like my whole freshman middle school, I mean, my high school and middle school journey, I always had the same group of guys. And then even when I went off to college originally, like I would still have my Xbox. So although we all went kind of a little bit our separate ways in terms of like at least physically where we went to school, like we were still in touch very often. We we're still in the same group chats, stuff yeah. like that. Then once I got into entrepreneurship, this is also in the middle of the pandemic. So when I decided to drop out of college, I also was working at K Jewelers at the time. Right. So I started working close to 30, 35-ish hours there. And then from there I picked back up the restaurant job. So I was working another 30, 35 hours at the restaurant. So I'm pushing close to 70 hours alongside of studying for my real estate exam. So I didn't have much of a personal life. And mind you, this is in the middle of the pandemic. So it's not like things were really open for me to do anyways. So it's like that portion of my life, every day just kind of felt like the same day. I would wake up, get ready to go to K Jewelers, work. Then I would come back from the mall, go home, eat, change, go to sign the whale, work, sign the whale till almost 11, then go home. And then on weekends, sometimes I'll work doubles at the restaurant. And because during the pandemic, you couldn't have the bar open unless you were also serving food. So I had to stay almost till kitchen would close at almost one o'clock in the morning. Right. So I'm coming in at 1030, almost 11 a.m. And right. And then the kitchen closed 1 a.m. the following day. Right. And then from there, we still had to because people could put orders up to one. So like yeah. meaning if we were backed up, you know, we'll put- still be serving last second orders. Right. We'll still be serving almost till like 1.30, bringing out food and then for, or cleaning up stuff. And then from there, I'd say we close up around two is when we kick everybody out, clean up. And then I didn't have a car at the time and I was too cheap to pay for an Uber. So what I did was I would walk home. My walk home was a 45 minute walk. So I'm coming in 10.30, 11 on a weekend, right? And then I'm coming in, I come back home that following day, almost at three in the morning to then wake up Sunday and do another double, right? Yeah. And it's just like, my time period, I think the, I say all that to say this, that yes, my circle is way smaller. Everyone that I talk to from that I used to talk to, none of us are on bad terms. We just kind of run our separate ways. I only talk to one very consistently and one uh, pretty consistently. And so it's like everyone else though, I stopped talking to mainly because it's just like, I realized that the trajectory we were on was very different. And the entrepreneurial track is a track that not too many people understand unless you're already on it. And so I just started going to a lot of conferences, a lot of networking events, a lot of going to my real estate office. I'm no longer focused on real estate at all as an agent, but I still know a lot of people in that space. It's like now most of my connections are people in that space. And I have actually really rarely ever reached out to anyone I used to reach out to. And it's like we're in different worlds now almost. 
Yeah. You know, and it's, it's funny. I, I went through something kind of similar at one point too, where I was like, and I, uh, I was working in the garden department at Home Depot. And then I was, I was in the kitchen at a bar until, I mean, we would get out of there at three o'clock and, you know, it's, uh, it leaves you very limited time whenever you're, you're working like that to be able to ever, uh, yeah, well, it's not that it, it's, it, you always have the same amount of time, but the difference is yeah. that it's, you realize, you know, Hey, this is, uh, this is more precious. And if I want to continue advancing, I probably have to be kind of mindful with, uh, with who I hang out with or anything like that. Being in the restaurant industry is kind of a grind too, because it sounds like that for, you did that for a little bit. I mean, you see like, uh, it's easy to get into like, you know, alcoholism and drugs and all that stuff. Cause you're like, you're so tired. You're like, I'm just going to have a few drinks with everybody when everything's yeah. over. You know what I mean? And we're <laughs> mid shift even like people want to do that too. Yeah. Uh, so it sounds like you were kind of like, you were going hard, uh, 3am till, and then starting, you know, again in the morning. So what was that pro that process like where you were like, man, I'm, I'm wiped out, but I still want to go to these, these conferences and start networking. Like, like what yeah. was, uh, yeah. How did, how did you make that kind of switch? You think? So I got licensed. So after I dropped out, this is about February, 2021, I dropped out, right. Got to started working. Then I picked up a restaurant job around May. Right. And then from May, almost till like September, I was pushing close to like 70 hours. Yeah. Right. Then I got licensed as a realtor, right. Two weeks after I turned 20. And then from September to about November, I started um, working a little bit less. So then I was doing about 55 hours, right? And then I didn't start going to conferences until November. I quit K-Jewelers. And then in 2022, that's when I started going to conferences. So I was only working about 30 hours at the restaurant job. Um, and so that was also mainly on the weekend. So Thursdays to Sundays. And then and throughout the right, the rest of the week, I had a pretty decent amount of time. I was trying to figure out this real estate stuff and how was I, I was going to get that going and popping off. Along the way, I decided to start the podcast and the social media thing. And so I feel like you make time for the things that you want to make time for. That's yeah. one of the biggest lessons I've learned. And people say they don't have the time. It's just BS. I think people do have time. It's just a matter of when they find, you know, when they'll make the time, right? It might not be at the time that you originally wanted to see them or talk to them, but you make time for the people you want to make time for. And as you said earlier, that your time is extremely precious. And when you're working that much, it's like you had to pick which plants you want to water. And of course, you would love to water all the plants, but you know some plants are also kind of like cactuses, right? You don't really need to water them that often. And so, <laughs> you know, knowing how much plants <laughs> to water, which plants, right? And knowing which plants need a little bit more attention. And then from there, assessing, well, is this a plant that I want to give more attention to? Like, are we aligned? Are we in this, going the same trajectory? Are we have, do we have the same directional goals, right? Because they don't need to have the same goals as me, right? I don't, but are we in the same direction, right? Are we in the same, you know, area or ballpark? Because if not, it's, as I said, it's only about so much time and you can't talk about Xbox forever, right? And so it's yeah. like, there's only, I, I feel like for me, it's hard for me to have small talk nowadays. It's like, if we connect, let's have a deep conversation. If we don't, of course I could small talk a little bit and, you know, smile, but I'd rather not. And as a podcaster too, it's like, 
I'm a sucker for these conversations. That's why I keep them going, right? That's why I hop on other people's shows. That's why I have people on my show. It's like, I, I love conversating, right? I don't have time for like, hey, how's the weather today, right? It's like, yeah. if we're going to talk, let's talk. It wears me out, you know? And uh, yeah. it's funny you say that because I'm like, yeah, I see, not even secretly, but these, yeah, these conversations are pretty therapeutic to me because it's a time to process some of these, some of these big ideas. And, you know, going back to the idea of like, your precious time. Something I, I kind of think about too is the hard truth, I think, is uh, a lot of people don't take time to realize, do I actually care about this? Because, yeah. it, you know, it, we're so used to going with the flow and, uh, you know, being, being passive that if you don't take time to realize, do I actually care about this? You're not going to, you're going to be wasting, wasting energy on it or, you're going to say, Oh, I don't have energy for this. When in reality, if it was something, cause I don't know about you, but if I have something I truly care about, guess what? Infinite energy, you know, that might be something as, uh, as, as silly as making my yard look great. Or, uh, you know, I, I like making music a lot, uh, you know, being able to, to dedicate time to that or, you know, helping recruit somebody for, uh, for a sales team or whatever, you know, but if your mission is, if you take time to evaluate, Hey, what's all this stuff that's like a drain and that I maybe, you know, not look at it as a good or bad thing, but just look at it as, is this, is this sparking something in me? And uh, yeah. eliminate some of that stuff. You know, it goes such a long way. I feel like. And there's a good Eastern philosophy it comes from Japan that I learned about that helped me really figure out, you know, what, is it that I should be really focusing on? And it came from a point where at this point in time, right, my podcast numbers were going down for like four months straight. I was teaching social media classes. I wasn't making any money off of it. And then I tried to do a, a marketing agency where I was creating content for people. After my first client, I was like, nah, this sucks. I'm not doing it. Right. And then from there, my real estate stuff, I wasn't selling any houses and I was still working at the restaurant even though I wanted to quit. And this is like a quarter, three to four-ish of 2022. And I was just like, man, what the F am I doing? There's a lot of nights I'm just like questioning myself, like, man, like where, what am I doing? Is, like, is this all worth it? Like, I'm not making any money, burning through all my savings, spending, you know, just to try pretty much get nothing out of it. And I found this concept, it's called Ikigai. And it stands for your reason for being. And pretty much where this comes from, people have some of the longest life expectancies in the entire planet. People are like casually dipping up to like 95. Damn. And it's pretty much the intersections of four circles. And the first circle is what you love to do. Like what other things that you do and time just ceases to exist, right? Make a list of all those. And then from there, what does the world need, right? What are all the problems that the world needs solving? Right. Write down all the problems that you feel compelled to solve. Or if you're someone that you don't really have a, a draw towards something that you could distinguish, then write down everything that annoys you. Because usually when you're annoyed by something is because you care about it for whatever reason. So if you can't find out what you're compelled to solve, figure out what annoys you and then start from there. Right. Then the third circle is um, what can you be rewarded for? Right. It's a lot of times we do charity work. We do things out of the kindness of our hearts. But at the end of the day, we still have to put food on the table. We still have to keep the lights on, right? So what can we do that can reward us? And then the last circle, which I kind of tweaked, it's, you know, what are you good at? I tweaked it to what do you have the aptitude to be great at? Because a lot of times, especially with younger people, right? You don't really know what skills you have or people with less experience, right? You don't really know what skills you have to offer when you're looking at yourself. 
And sometimes you need someone else out because the fish is always the last one to realize it's in water, right? So you need someone externally to kind of, hey, you're good at this, right? Yeah. When I first taught my first social media class, I was in this big real estate group at that point in time. Um, I was in the gym. This is January of 2022, right? And they were talking about social media and I was in a gym, people grunting and dropping weight. So I couldn't share. And from there, I was like, all right, instead of me speaking in the group, let me just type it up and post it in the Facebook group, right? And I'll just post it. Yeah. And then from there, the host of the call was like, hey, John, do you mind teaching a class on this? And I was like, you know, I never taught a class before. I almost fumbled the bag, right? She was like, John, let us know when you want it scheduled. I was like, okay. So I ended up getting 440 people sign up to my very first class ever. Something that I never had in the play. I never got into real estate to teach social media. I never got into real estate to do anything with social media, right? And yeah. that all led because someone seen something in me that I didn't see in myself. And so that's the four circles, right? When you find, when you write the list out for each of them, try to find one that intersects in all four. And that is what you call your your icky guy or your reason for being. And that's, after doing that exercise, it brought me a lot of clarity in my life. Yeah, that's, no, that's powerful, man. I, uh, I, I love that. And what's your, what's your icky guy like today? Because I'm sure it kind of changes on an ongoing basis. No, actually, it doesn't really. Um, for me, I, I figured out that goals and uh, your purpose are two very different things. Your goals are things that are, can be achieved in this lifetime. Your goals are like, I want to make my first million dollars. I want to start a business. I want to start a podcast. I want to talk to the president, whatever it may be. Those are goals, right? I want to help a, a thousand families in, that need you know, homes in South Africa, right? I don't know, something. That's a goal, right? Your purpose is something that transcends you. It's something that's beyond you. It's something that you will never be able to accomplish. Despite that, you're still going to help push it forward anyways, right? And for me, I feel like my purpose is to enlighten and empower young adults to build wealthy, abundant lives. It's like, that's my mission statement for my podcast. Yeah. And for me, the reason that that kind of mission statement came about is in 12th grade, I was in my English class and my English teacher he would go on random, like, I mean, absolutely random tangents. Like, if you're thinking I'm going on tangents, like, that guy goes on tangents. And he would go off curriculum all the time and talk about philosophy. And one day he was watching, uh, we were watching Plato's Allegory of the Cave. And the only thing I remember from that entire class was that the duty of the enlightened is to enlighten the unenlightened. And so once I read that, I was like, all right, so as soon as you learn something, put on as many people as possible. And then, as I said, at that point in time, I wasn't thinking entrepreneurially. So then when I, the idea for the podcast came together, I was like, boom, that's it. I didn't really realize it because then I was also at that time doing real estate, teaching social media classes. So I had so much, you know, white noise going on at the same time that I was kind of just blurring my vision. And then it took me pretty much questioning life and everything to start trying to question myself. And the deeper I questioned, then the more clear it got that. I'm just supposed to be helping everyone as I can along this journey walk with me. And yeah. so there's no real set goal as to how many people I want to help. Right. But it's like, you know, continuing to keep that, that mission of walk to wealth, right. Just turn that into more than just the episode where people tune into their earbuds. It's like, have that be like a global movement of, you know, just making wealth and abundance and financial literacy, something that's more common and talked about. Yeah. And, I, I like what you I like what you said about the you know 
the difference between your purpose and some of your goals, you know, because I feel like that's, uh, you know, that's like the soap opera thing where people are like, you know, people are like, Oh, what's my purpose in life? But it's like, no, it's totally reasonable that you can find your purpose. Um, you just have to step back and, and reflect for a moment and then try it out and push forward with something that you know, that in your heart of hearts, you believe and it's, And I think that's really powerful that, uh, you're sharing that to other people and, uh, you know, helping, helping out the unenlightened. Cause, uh, I'm sure that also it's kind of a weird thing too, where as you do that, you know, you're giving, then it just gives back to you. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it keeps blossoming from there. So with the podcast at the, at the start of it, cause it was going to be, it was, you conceived of the idea with, uh, another guy, right. Yeah. And, and then you, you took it and took it and ran with it. So, Tell me like, what was the, yeah, what was, what was life like around then? And what were you guys thinking about, you know? So, yeah, so this is right about the time where I almost got licensed leading up to me getting licensed as a realtor. Right. So yeah. me and him that summer, this is summer 2021, where you just, you know, always randomly FaceTime each other, talk about life. As I told you, I stopped talking to a lot of people. And so he was one of the guys that I talked uh, to and he actually was the first person to really introduce me to something like personal finance related. Like I took a class in high school called personal finance, right? And I took an entrepreneurship class, but like in the real world, I guess you could say, he introduced me to Robin Hood and he came before his time. Like I, I downloaded the app, got my free stock. It went down, deleted it, never looked at the app ever again until later on when I actually got into entrepreneurship, right? But like he taught me, he was the first person that was on that, you know, personal finance, financial literacy type of mindset and me and him were just talking about life and goals. And uh, one day he was like, hey, bro, like, maybe we should start a podcast. And I was like, you know what? I think that'd be a good idea. Long story short, our schedules didn't end up matching up because that September of 2021, people were allowed to go back on campus. So as I said, I dropped out. He went to Southern Connecticut, which is um, another state school, but he went to Southern and our schedules wouldn't have matched up anymore. I think he was taking like 18 credit. So I was like, I was a little annoyed because when I was in college, I was taking close to like 18, 20 credits. And I think he was taking like 15. So I was like, bro, like, come on, you have time, bro. You, 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 could, you could do this if you really wanted to, bro. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but I was like, I respected his decision. And at that point in time, I was getting licensed as an agent anyway. So I was like, you know what? Um, I'll focus on that. And I procrastinated. I used to write on my journal every Friday, like think of a name for the show. Like by Friday, think of a name, think of a name. And weeks just started going by and it took me about three months, but Walked Well finally came to me and it was like, for the 99% of us that aren't overnight sensations, it's a long walk to wealth. And some people may walk quicker than others, but what good is sprinting to the finish line if you pass out when you cross it? And so that's kind of how the story of the Walk to Wealth came about. And for me, it kind of contradicts what mainstream media talks about with like hustle culture. Everyone wants to talk about how hard they work. And it's like, congrats, you're just getting closer to burning out faster, right? I think hard work is you need to work hard. But like having that as a badge of honor is just an ignorant thing to do because, you know, how much you get, your inputs doesn't matter as much as your outputs, right? And so it's like, oh, the people, I work 18 hour days and blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, what have you accomplished? Not much, all right? Congrats. Like you just burned yourself out to get virtually nothing back in return. And then also the main, the second thing that it really uh, contradicts in mainstream media is, uh, I lost my train of thought. It contradicts the fact that most people are like the hustle culture, right? And the second thing, sorry, is where 
Most people wait until they're successful to start giving back. I wanted to start something where I was giving back and bringing people along the way while I was getting started. I didn't want to wait for me to be a six-figure, seven-figure entrepreneur, eight-figure entrepreneur. It's like, hey, here's how I made 50K in one day and blah, 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 blah. It's like, no, like I'm starting from the ground, from ground zero, right? From getting this out the mud, building this from scratch. Like, and we're going to keep on going with this and keep on going with this until, you know, it gets somewhere. And once I do get somewhere, then I'm just going to keep on going with it. I'm just going to turn up the dial a little bit, turn it up a notch and do even more, right? It's like, but can't anyone say that, you know, I, I waited until the, you know, I became successful. It's like, nah, I've been documenting the journey and putting as many people on as I can since before I even became a full-time entrepreneur, since before I even had the idea to even start the marketing agency that I got going on now, before I started doing, you know, speaking in person, before I started hopping on podcasts, before I started doing any of this stuff, I was recording the podcast, documenting what I had going on. And, you know, I think that that's, uh, that's so cool because, you know, you are, uh, you are on this walk to wealth. And the thing with walking to wealth, I would imagine is that it's not like you just arrive one day either, right? You're not going to like, <laughs> you're going to be like, all right, I'm 38. I hit 2 million in the bank. I'm going to go take a nap. I'm good. You know, it's about, uh, it's about this, uh, process of, of, you know, being able to understand that life has longevity to it. Cause I don't know. I mean, you look at like people that are retired at, you know, 65 and they don't even know what to, what to do. Cause they've just been like, I've just been rushing for this moment. And then I don't even know like what I'm supposed to, how I'm supposed to process all of this and uh, what I'd like to, you know, what I'd like to do. And my body doesn't work the same. So I really like that you're sharing this with everybody because I already know that, uh, you know, it gets everybody pumped up getting to see, you know, Hey, look, look at what John's, look at what John's been able to knock out and like, you know, see your progress along the way. So, um, you know, you're, I'm, I'm sure you've already inspired tons of folks with that. I mean, I was kind of curious. So you've had a lot of really good guests on your, on your podcast too. I mean, what are some of the, can you think of like one or two of like the biggest lessons that you've, you've gotten from talking to some of those people? So a number of you have probably seen the words rocket level <laughs> thrown around a little bit here and there. And I wanted to take a moment just to explain what that is. So the gym series comes from rocket level, uh, who is somebody that I work with directly and rocket level is a marketing technology company that specializes in meeting the unique needs of small and medium sized businesses. So over the years, through strategic collaborations with national brands, franchise groups, and local partners, Rocket Level has become a trusted ally for SMBs operating in the market. And right now, Rocket Level's primary focus is to provide a comprehensive range of marketing solutions for SMBs, including website development, SEO, paid ads, email marketing, social media management, and just about anything you can think of. By offering a done-for-you approach, Rocket Level takes care of all aspects of digital marketing, allowing SMBs to focus on their core business operations. I know that everybody talks about this all the time. It's so hard to focus on the fulfillment side of things and been an absolute honor getting to partner with Rocket Level throughout the years and be able to see them provide a solution for people that maybe don't, don't have the talent right now, maybe don't have the time and maybe don't have the playbook or the tools available. It truly is buttoned up in such a way that you can give somebody your high level objectives and get this stuff knocked out. So if you're curious, you should definitely, definitely give us a shout.
you've had a lot of really good guests on your on your podcast too. I mean, what are some of the can you think of like one or two of like the biggest lessons that you've you've gotten from talking to some of those people? Yeah, I always I think it's episode 34, my episode with Vic Manzo. Yeah. It dropped in almost September of last year. I forget when exactly I interviewed him, but the episode dropped in September, I believe. And he said something that was super profound. I never heard of it anywhere else before, but he's big into like quantum and like laws of, you know, like universal laws. And one of the things they mentioned was like the law of non-sacrifice. And what the law of non-sacrifice is, is pretty much from what I understood. It's when you choose to do something that you love, you're never sacrificing. So let me put it into perspective, right? When you choose to marry, you know, the woman of your life, the love of your life, whatever, you're not thinking, damn, I had to sacrifice all the other options. No, you're ch- thinking like I get the opportunity to spend the rest of my life with the person I love the most, right? And that's the, kind of the mindset shift when you think about like the law of non-sacrifice. Like when you're choosing what you love to do, you're not really giving anything up. You're just choosing what you love to do, right? It's not a sacrifice to get married, right? You're not sacrificing all the other options. You don't want the other options. You're choosing the person that you want the most. Right. And having that mindset shift and applying that to like all your aspects of life, whether in business, whether in your personal or your financial, right? It's not giving up this for that. It's choosing what you love to do. And it's just a little simple mindset shift. But as I said, I never heard it anywhere else in my life before. I still haven't heard anyone ever bring it up ever since then. But uh, that was probably the one of the most profound things. Yeah. And then the second one was uh, this guy named. I forget his last name is David, um, David something, but he's part of like this entrepreneur organization. And he was talking about his episode hasn't dropped yet, but he was talking about this one thing where the, my famous five questions, one of the questions I always ask is like, what, what is the legacy that you're trying to leave behind? And he said something about like, like, I'm just trying to make the most, you know, pretty much. Like your legacy is just an accumulation of all the nows that you had in your life. So he was like, said something along the lines of, I'm just trying to make the most of every now. And by the time I live out the rest of my life, all the nows will have add up to make something amazing. He said something along the lines. He worded so beautifully. I remember when I was interviewing him, I was like, I never heard. He was just like, oh, my kids, I want to have generational wealth, yada, yada, yada. But like, just the way he worded it, as I said, I'm not doing it justice, but no, but um, it's, it's he so worded powerful. it so amazing. Yeah, it's so powerful. Even just the concept of like present mindedness and being able to to seize the moment. I mean, that absolutely will have an impactful outcome on your legacy. You know, um, whenever I because uh, that's at the end of the day, that's literally all we have is is right now getting to talk to John. You know, that's this is what I get. And uh, I can I can choose to do something with this and have a, an impactful conversation and avoid the yeah. small talk like we talked about, yeah. or you know I can I can lean in and try to learn a little bit more about you and uh, hopefully make your week even a little bit better. Uh, and because I know it's already making my week better, and yeah. uh, and that multiplies, you know. So I think that's amazing. I got chills even just thinking about it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's like one of those things where like I think the the only thing that exists is now, and the past is just an accumulation of nows that have already happened. And the future is just the, an accumulation of potential nows that have yet to come, right? So like the, the now is the only thing that ever exists. 
And I think for me personally, like the way I see it, time is a man-made construct. And I believe time truly doesn't exist, which is why sometimes I'll feel like time takes forever. And sometimes like, although objectively, yes, we can measure time, you know, we subjectively time feels different for everyone. Yeah. I think time was one of those things where humans just wanted to feel as if they had, you know, they can control the way of the world that we don't really understand so much. And that's how I feel personally about time. It's like the only time that ever really does exist is this now, this present moment, having this conversation with you. And then after I get off this conversation with you, it's going to be doing whatever I got to do next. Right. And that's going to be the only thing that exists at that point in time. And then after I do that next thing, whatever I do after that is the only thing that exists at that time. Right. And so it's like that present mindedness, I feel has helped me out a ton because it's like, it really shifts your perspective when you realize that if you are someone, you know, that's depressed, it's usually because not usually, but unless it's some like clinical thing, right. I don't want to get into medic, you know, all, you know, yeah. the, the hormonal and stuff like that, but it's almost as if like you're living in the past, which doesn't really exist. And if you're anxious, you're living in the future, which yeah. also doesn't exist. Right. So it's like the more, the closer you can get to being present, I feel like the better it'll be for most people because it'll make them make the most of everything. You do anything to get yourself in the present? For me, I think the things that help me be most present were always like sports. I love podcasts. Um, those have always been like the moments where, like, as I said, where time ceases to exist and I could just be like fully there are probably those two things. Like, yeah. just, you know, meeting amazing people. And, you know, also playing sports and something like music as well, like listening to to music that just gets me going, allows me to just like just really just tap into that space where just like I'm here and that's it. Yeah. And nothing's better than like I always I don't know. It's funny whenever I talk to entrepreneurs like you, it always comes back to this uh, somewhere around the, the the realm of present mindedness and the power of that. And uh how impactful getting into that flow state is whenever you're doing something you care about. Cause I don't know about you, but nothing feels better than whenever you're like, Oh my God, I just, I just spent like eight hours working on this thing. And uh, I didn't even realize I was just, I was just kind of get the fuck out of my mode and just doing it. You know, it's uh, it feels, it feels amazing. Um, and you know, I, I also wanted to kind of touch on, um, I, I, you know, I was reading about you a little bit and I saw that you've done like all kinds of like insane public speaking events. Like what was, I think I saw something about, uh, let me see, I, I wrote it down in my notes, your great American speak off. You were a judge on there. Yeah. How did you, yeah. How'd you make that happen? You know, I, I mean, I can already tell you'd be winning speaking competitions and you know, you, you, you've already shared all kinds of wisdom, but yeah. What was that like? So for the way that happened was back in, as I said, like Q3, Q4 of last year, I was posting a lot of reels for my podcast. I would take, you know, clips. Riverside allows you to create clips. And so I would take the clips. Riverside is the platform that we're recording on for anyone that doesn't know. And so Riverside allows you to create clips while you're interviewing people. So I'll create clips. And then from there, I'll download those clips, uh, put some, you know, captions on them and then edit them. And from there, I would post it onto Instagram, TikTok, YouTube Shorts. I was doing it to try and get more views on my podcast. Didn't work. But one of the TikToks, or it was a YouTube short that I posted, was how to invest like Grant Cardone or something. like Some super clickbaity title. I forget what it was. 
And I ended up getting a random email from someone from 10X Stage Agency. And from there, 10X Stage Agency is like one of Grant Cardo's, I guess, sub companies or something like that. It's some underneath the 10X brand. And they were like, hey, I seen your reel on YouTube shorts. Well, I can't get you access to Grant Cardone himself. Uh, I work with the 10X Stage Agency and we actually have tons of amazing speakers that we could potentially send your way to hop on the show, hop on your show if you're interested or something along those lines. And from there, I was like, okay, sure, let's talk. And from there, they started sending me some speakers. And those speakers are actually turned out to be amazing guests, uh, super amazing. In January, I believe, or February of this year, I'm kicking in this email. I was like, apply to be a virtual judge or something like that. And I thought it was BS. But then the, re- the lady that reached out to me re- sent kind of a similar email like, hey, would you be you know interested in potentially being a judge? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? So I got to be a virtual judge for the Great American Speak Off, which was at the 10X Growth Con this year over in Vegas. I was a- one of the virtual judges. And there were a tons of amazing people that were also judges alongside me. Like I got to interview David Meltzer because of that. I got to interview one of the finalists of the Great American Speak Off because of that. I think one or two of the finalists um, because of that. Like I got to connect with a ton of other amazing entrepreneurs that were in, on that list, people whose books I've read, right? people who I watched their YouTube videos for to get like learn about entrepreneurship. And it was something where I said, it started off from a little YouTube short with a clickbaity title, but then that led to me getting a bunch of great podcast guests and making some good connections as well. Man, that's, that's so cool. Isn't it crazy? Like, you know, you, you might not know what the impact of doing something simple like that is. I mean, from, you know, cause I think you mentioned you're not even you're, being a real estate agent. Isn't your like primary focus right now either. Right. It's, so, it's not a focus at all. It's not I even focused on it last year. Yeah. I had my license active just to be in my office and yeah. um, go, use that the Keller Williams brand to get me in front of other uh, Keller Williams offices because my courses and my marketing stuff is all geared towards realtors. So Absolutely. that's the only reason I have my license. So yeah, that's that's kind of a... That's, that's so cool because you've been doing all these things in between and now is that Stop and Stare Media? Is that what that is? Yeah. Okay, right on. So... What was that like when you were, cause I know you said you taught a class and that was, yeah. that was, you know, you had all this crazy attendance where, yeah. What was your thought process when you decided to start Stop and Stare Media? So as I said, so that class, the story gets a little deeper, right? Cause I never taught a class before, right? So I was panicking. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I almost fumbled the bag the first time. Cause I didn't say yes. I said, I never taught a class before, right? I, my immediate reaction was to discredit myself because I felt like, whether I wanted to admit it or not, whether I would admit it at that point in time in my life. But I didn't feel worthy of doing that, right? I didn't feel deserving of it. Like I wasn't, didn't feel qualified enough, especially because up to that point, I only did one rental transaction up to that point. I was only four months into the game. And so from there, I didn't know how to use Eventbrite. I didn't know how to use a host a class on Zoom. Like I had to get people to register on a Google form. That Google form was connected to the Google Sheets and then had to copy and paste everyone into my MailChimp and then from MailChimp, then invite, uh, send out all the invites manually, right? So it was a nightmare. And I ended up getting over 200 people live on the call the day of. And so, but it was a genius marketing play because I specifically scheduled it for the Friday before family reunion, which is the big Keller Williams conference. Now, because of the pandemics, the two years prior, there was no family reunion, right? Two or three years prior, there was no family reunion. So this is going to be the first Keller Williams family reunion in a few years 
So tons of people were going to be there. I taught it the day before, I mean, the week before, and then I was going to family reunion myself. And at family reunion, that Sunday of the conference, there was going to be a networking mixer. So I came in with my hair braided. Now, I don't know if you've seen my profile picture, but my headshot, I had about three times, maybe four times more hair than I do now. Yeah, I saw. And so I came into the conference with my hair and braids that Sunday of the networking mixer. And pretty much I woke up extra early to wash my hair. And then from there, I got a, um, a shirt from Custom Inc. that said, stop and stare, just don't touch the hair. And from there, pretty much, everyone loved the shirt like and everyone also attended my class i mean there was more than just the 400 people that signed up but like at the networking mixer majority of people that were there were people that signed up right from the class so it was a big networking play and on top of that i have a digital business card the one where like instead not just the qr code but the one where you could tap on your phone and it pretty much connects to your contact which none of them at that point had ever seen before so it was a almost a quadruple marketing play because I had the class and right after that I had I had the hair and then the shirt and then the business card right it was a massive marketing play and that really put me on the map as a social media guy in the group started teaching more classes and then I was thinking of a name and Mendes Media was taken so I was like all right you know what would the name be right now this is October of 2022 and I was like you know what stop and say just don't touch hair what about stop and stare media, right? And it's a double play on words because everyone who knows me from way back when knows the stop and stare comes from the just don't touch the hairline, right? But everyone going forward is also a marketing little play because it's like stop and stare. When you're creating content, you need people to stop and stare because if people aren't watching your content, it's not going to get promoted to more people, right? So it's also a little marketing pun as well. And the people who know me from way back when know it's an inside joke. So it's an inside joke and a marketing pun together. That's how Stop and Stare Media came together. And so that's how I got the name. Man, that's so cool. And, you know, talk about like finding a mix of, you know, what's authentic to you. You're like, I know I'm going to take a moment to know what's like unique about me. And then I love that. uh, I love that you did something that caught people off guard a little bit. And you were like, Hey, I'm going to approach this from something new that I know will actually get people to be in awe of what I'm doing, right? Because what says that you are the social media person more than the forward thinking guy that's like, they're like, wait, I just tapped my phone to your phone and now we're good? Like, what is this? That's crazy. That's crazy. So what? Yeah, I, I love that mindset of like hacking it to figure it out. I mean, and and getting to a point where you start thinking like, what's going to, you know, get people to notice me when I'm this, uh, what, what'll make me the, the mint chocolate chip cone in a sea of vanilla, right? That kind of thing. Um, so yeah. What, what are some of the ways that, uh, that, you know, what's the mindset that you think goes into that to like standing out, uh, amongst the crowd and also being yourself, you know? Yeah. So I say it's funny cause I had a, um, internship, a marketing internship, and this is back my senior year of high school. It was only three weeks long and I was in the the last week we had prom and so I came in with my hair braided and so they were like for prom they were going to take us off but I was going to come in the day before my hair and braids and I guess that's not it wasn't professional enough for a corporate culture so they told me to stay home pretty much the day before right this is back in 2019 before you know the woke movement made hair you know acceptable in you know in corporate but um for me at that point in time so it's like I kind of had the feeling already that the corporate world wasn't for me 
And so when I got into real estate, the reason I caught everyone's attention there is the only reason I grew out my hair was because during the pandemic, I didn't have all like the hair salon were closed and like leading up to like college. Up until then, I started growing out my hair junior year of high school. And then junior year, I had about three friends that knew how to do my hair and would do my hair for free at, you know, most, most cases. Right. And then in college, I had a friend that would wash my hair and I had another friend that would braid it. Right. So I wouldn't even touch my hair in college. So my hair was always being kept for me. And then that my hair grows extremely fast. So by then I already had a good amount of hair and then a pandemic happened. So I was pretty much, I mean, I could have cut my hair on my own, but I would have been a, done a terrible job. So I just, just kept it growing. And for it's not like I did it for marketing play. But then once I got into real estate, I remember hopping on one of the, it was like a real estate group call that I was on. And I shared, I forget what I shared on. This is before I shared on social media, but I shared on something, I think. And everyone noticed me by my hair. And they were like, oh my goodness, his hair. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it takes up like my whole Zoom camera almost. Like it was just my hair. Um, and that's how people started to kind of get a whiff of like, Oh, who I am. Like they just attached hair to me. Cause also one in real estate being 20 years old, 21 years old, you're probably younger than majority of the people. So you're instantly going to stand out, right? Without having to try. And then being a, a man with a full, you know, head of hair, like a full, like, you know, lion's mane full of curly hair. It's yeah. like, you're going to stand out without trying. And people loved it. So I was like, well, all right, let's run with it. Yeah, And so that's just kind of the big place. Like, how do I get people to notice me without me being extra going out of the way? It's like, I didn't grow out my hair for that. I already have a ton of curly hair. I had a full head of curly hair. It's like, it's not like I was planning on that. But I think for now, if I were to give a little bit more strategic, tactical, practical advice, I would say find the gaps, right? No one in that group was talking about social media. Like everyone was talking about like real estate scripts, sales scripts, you know, um, listing consultations and presentations. Everyone was talking about um, client appreciation events, things of that nature, cold calling. No one at all was talking about social media. So I was like, all right, because I could have stopped the first class and like just deaded it and not, you know, continued. But it was like, all right, let me keep on running with it because that's the way no one else is doing. That's my way of giving back. And I couldn't tell them how to sell houses. I wasn't even selling houses myself, right? But I could teach them how to make a video or two. And so that's how I find my gap. And then um, I taught a class in ChatGPT this January. And that class had like 300 people sign up for. And at that point in time, that's before ChatGPT went mainstream. So people were looking at me like I had three heads. And so now I'm more, I stopped focus really focusing on teaching social media. Now I'm mainly teaching like AI and marketing. Right. And so it's yeah. like, for me, it's always, you know, where are the gaps that no one's filling? And also, what am I learning from other industries that I can bring into the industry that I'm in? So for real estate, all my social media classes, I wasn't looking for other realtors for social media advice. Right. I was going to social media influencers. I was going to actual marketers, seeing what they're doing. And then I translated it into realtor talk. Right. And then with the AI stuff, same thing. I went to other people who were using AI and translated that into real estate talk. So if you're in another industry, right, whatever it is that you want to talk about, well, get inspiration. If you want to learn about customer, you know, customer service, right, don't ask a realtor or whoever's in your industry. Go look at what like Disney's doing with customer experience, right? They have a magical experience, right? That's customer experience. You're not going to go to someone in your industry from that. 
take what you can from other people and figure out ways to put that into your industry and make that make sense for whatever it is that you have going on. And then you're going to look like you, you're just the most innovative person on the planet. And it's not stuff that you come up with. It's stuff that you just figured out a way to spin into what you got going on. Yeah. And, you know, people want to feel understood because, you know, at the end of the day, if you take a moment to actually understand the needs of, of uh, you know, some of those folks that you're close with, of your network, you, you're going to be a genius to them. You know, that's the thing. Like, they're going to be like, man, I have been wanting to, to dive into this. I've been curious about how, you know, what the, what the future of AI is and how that's going to impact or could improve my current processes. So I think that's amazing. And uh, you're really sharing some valuable lessons. And taking a step back, what would be... Because, you know, obviously, you've gotten to talk to a ton of people, but you're talking, you're sharing these lessons with people. What would be maybe one of the major things you would want people to take away from your messaging right now and uh, would, would that you think maybe would fast track their progress and whatever they're diving into? That would fast track their progress? I'd say, man... There's a couple of things that first came to mind. One that's more applicable to just general business and one that's more applicable to like life, I guess. Um, I'll start with the the business one. I yeah. say survey people, survey a lot of people, wherever is in your industry. So I launched, I soft launched my first course back in March. It was like how to build your online presence through podcast guesting for pretty much real estate agents, right? And I'm like, at that point in time, leading up to it, I hopped on between 100 podcasts or so between January and March of this year. And I was like, all right, man, this is like the best way to build your online presence. And of course, I have my own podcast, right? So it's like, I understood it very well from being a guest and also having guests reach out to me. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to create this course. So I created my webinar. At the end of the webinar, it was a free webinar. I pitched it. Only had five people sign up. I'm going to say only had. That makes me sound like I'm not appreciative or grateful. I had five people sign up and I was thinking that I was going to get a lot more, right? Now, I created something that I knew was valuable, but I didn't test to see if people actually wanted. So one thing I also did that was really genius is I pre-sold the course. So I didn't create the course. I created the webinar and sold the course that I didn't have. Then I went to go create it. And that's another story for another day. But um, along the way, I was creating the course, right? Because people had bought it and had five people buy in. So I started creating the lessons and everything. And along the way, I started talking to the people in the course, seeing what they wanted. I started talking to people who didn't buy the course, serving other realtors. It's like asking them these five major questions, right? Um, first question is, what are you struggling with? And then fill in the blank. In my case, it was creating content, right? Or building an online presence. What are you struggling with building an online presence, right? Then my second question is, what are your fears around fill in the blank, right? What are your fears around creating content, right? Then my third question is, what are you currently doing to whatever it is, right? To build your online presence, to post on social media, whatever it may be, right? And then fill in the blank with whatever you have for your industry. Fourth question is, in an ideal world, what would it look like when you're doing whatever it is that they're doing? And then the fifth question is, um, if I could wave a magic wand right now, what would you need to get you from point A to point B? Right? And so, and use their exact wording. So whatever they answer for number three, use that for get you from there. And then whatever they answer for number four to there, right? 
So I would ask those five questions before you start selling anything or doing anything. It's like, are you even giving the people that you're trying to serve what they want? Because if you're not, you're pretty much just, you know, hoping, throwing darts at the wall and hoping that something sticks, right? Hoping that something lands. And so it's like, that was the biggest lesson for me. And then I launched that same course. I also ended up being about like 60 lessons. I took out two thirds of it, reorganized the course, structured, uh, changed the name, um, added a couple new lessons in there. Ended up being about like 27. So I went from 66 to like 27, right? And then from there, I sold it at double the price. And instead of getting five people to sign up, I ended up getting 33 when I launched, right? And so it's like, yeah. all I did pretty much, because it was the same course, I just took out a bunch of the stuff that I thought that would be valuable that they weren't interested in anyways. And the stuff that they were interested in, I just kind of went a little bit deeper on it and reorganized some things. And boom, it's not that simple, but long story short, that would be like my biggest thing is like, figure out, are you even giving the people what they want, right? Figure yeah. out what they want, use those five questions and that'll help, I think, accelerate a lot of people. Awesome. Everybody take notes. John, I've loved getting to talk to you, man. This has been, this has been great. I already know that our audience is going gonna, is gonna to be uh, wanting to reach out to you. Where, where should they get in touch with you? What should they follow? Where can we you know, plug your stuff? Yeah, so the best way to, if you were serious about really taking your entrepreneurship and your wealth building journey to the next level, um, I would have you actually go to walk2wealth.com, walk number two wealth.com check out the podcast i'm starting to share a lot more of my personal journey and the lessons i've learned it used to be mainly only interview style episodes but as of recent as of recently i started doing a lot more solo episodes where i'm sharing my lessons that i've learned through entrepreneurship and of course i'm bringing amazing guests on all the time absolutely all right john well thanks you know for joining me on this and having this conversation and thank you everybody for tuning in Remember to subscribe. I, uh, I can't do it without you guys. I've got a few big things in the works. I'm rolling out some courses at no cost that cover several of these insights that uh, you know I've been getting from people like John and we've been learning about on the Gem Series. Just shoot me an email if you want to learn more. My email is blakec at rocketlevel.com. As usual, have a beautiful day. And this has been the Gem Series. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Gem Series, where we're always here to share the goals, execution, and mindset of thought leaders around the world. If you're listening to this, I'm sure that you have some pretty big goals for yourself, and I would absolutely love to hear them. Actually, here at Rocket Level, we just launched our newest partnership program, where the goal is to, uh, well, build a relationship with you guys. I want to talk with all of you coaches, consultants, and entrepreneurs this program is going to be providing free sales and marketing training, giving you access to a massive network of small businesses, and even paying you to allow us to handle the fulfillment side of things. Over the last 20 years, uh, we've been able to learn a lot about how to handle digital marketing for a you know small business. And frankly, we want to pass that along. After working with business coaches and consultants all over the world, we decided let's make it formal. Let's make this thing happen. So if you're at all curious, check out the links attached and please reach out directly. I would love to meet you all. Remember, I'm always a email, text, phone call, or DM away. Everybody, remember to be awesome and do awesome things. A whole lot more coming soon. Take care.